Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor. I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football yeah. here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the uh, cardinal my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna, it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Welcome into the All 22 podcast. My name is Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined by Bobby Acker and Ray Cotta. We are the founders of All 22. Guys, what's going on? How are we doing? Just brimming with energy tonight. Just brimming with it. It's great. <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, just sort of plow through those two weeks between like the Super Bowl and the NFL Combine, you know? It's like that mini dead period, but it's fine. Life is good. Combine's almost here. It's draft season. Always something to be be excited about and look forward to. Yeah, we haven't podcasted since the Super Bowl. All right. And Ray, you're right. Life is good. The Eagles lost. <laughs> Life is great. <laughs> but yeah, free agency is right around the corner. Football season never stops, guys. I love it. This is like legitimately outside of the season when you get to actually see football. Like the next few weeks are some of the best times in the NFL, right? We get, we get the combine. The NFL draft is coming up free agency, there's rumors flying around. Like, it's a lot of fun. And with that, like, right, NFL draft coming up, we've released something draft-related. So, Bobby, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about it? Yes, the mock draft tool, baby. So, so many of you guys have been asking us for a mock draft tool, right? We keep getting, I don't want to say complaints, but a lot of people saying, oh, we don't don't really know when to draft who, which is part part of the game, part of the strategy. Now you can go in. You can do a mock draft. You can choose how many teams in your league, what pick you want overall, and you can actually go through a mock all-22 draft so you can see exactly how your strategy would play out while doing a draft. Um, It's a solo activity. You can get a draft done in like 20 minutes. It's a really fast thing, really fun thing to do, and you can get a little competitive with it. We even built in a, a formula that calculates your draft grade for your offense, defense, and your overall team at the end of it. It weighs in your depth chart, all of that stuff. Um, so you can get a little competitive and see whose team is better than than who's among, among your friend group. Like among the three of us, Chris and Ray haven't drafted a team that's even close to as good as a team that I've drafted. So it's been Fake fun news. to So it's been fun to brag about that. Excuse me. It's been fun to brag about that. <laughs> For the past couple of weeks while we've been working out this tool. Actually, I got to be honest, guys, we've been doing so many test mock drafts before releasing that I don't think I've done a single real one of my own. It's time. And that's, and that's the God's honest truth. But yeah, it's time. It's time. I'll, po- I'll post it later. Beautiful. Yeah, the best part is too, you can, you can do so many of these, right, over time. So like Bobby mentioned, it's about 20 minutes to do your full 53-round mock draft, right, to get your full team. And then you can see your offense, defense, and overall grades and your formations thereafter. And then the best part is literally just a quick away. You can just click draft again and do it all over again, right? So it's not only fun and exciting, but you're learning and, you know, different strategies to build your team and preparing yourself for your actual startup draft later on in the off season. So you can go ahead, draft again, change your draft position, right? Whether you're first overall, last overall, in the middle of the round, 
whatever the case may be. So you can get familiar and be prepared for wherever you wind up uh, selecting in your upcoming startup draft or drafts, um, you know, later on in the year. So it's an awesome tool. Uh, it's super addicting, which I guess if, if you maybe you hate your job, that's that's great. If, if yeah, you say, like right. your job and don't want to lose it, then you just got to be a bit more tactful about uh, mock drafting at work. That's all. That's really the best part is like you can do that during work and it kind of looks like you're working, you know? Somebody doesn't see the back of your screen. They just type in away. It looks like it looks like you're working, but you're having a great time instead. And we mentioned this is free, right? We mentioned that, yeah. No, and, we didn't, but okay. you should. It is free, yeah. so anybody can do it. You can do it as many times. And like we're saying, it takes 20 minutes. But even if you didn't have 20 minutes and you just want like a little taste, you want to see the spices that are going on on this mock draft tool. You can do the first few rounds, and then you could actually fast forward to the end and see what your results would be. Um, another you know little feature to speed it up if you needed to. Guys, I got to say, we're like, the three of us are really good salesmen. I think we should, like, quit our jobs and sell, like, microwaves door-to-door or something like that. I don't know. I'm selling selling memberships. Mm. I'm selling memberships right now, man. Yeah, I'm, like, on the side. Oh, okay. Microwaves. Microwaves? That's the side hustle of 2023. Microwaves. Yeah, (laughs) It's the future. (laughs) (laughs) Until Chad GPT takes that job away, too, somehow. You see the toasters, dude, the toasters that now like have like touch screen and like you pick like the specific amount of toastiness. Really? Yeah. That's pretty in- incredible. So if we not have microwaves, like, toasters. <laughs> we have a toast that looks like it's from the fifties and like, I feel like it's a fire hazard. So I think maybe we'll look at, we'll look into that. That's kind of cool. Oh, toasters look like they were from the fifties. Apparently they don't. Are That's <laughs> not anymore, baby. That's why we're selling them. <laughs> I feel like I feel like after those UFOs went down, like toasters got really cool all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all related, dude. It is. It's it all is. Related. Cool, 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 cool. So let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's let's jump in. We're gonna do uh, top off-season storylines that are gonna impact your All Twenty Two team. So let's start it out by just talking about some of the position groups in free agency that we think are gonna be the strongest and the weakest. So Bobby. Why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about what position you think will be the strongest. Yeah, I think the strongest position groups going into free agency are going to be linebacker. Um, Some of that has to do with how weak the draft class is, but I do think that there's a good amount of guys that you can, that you can pull from if you're looking for linebacker in the free agency class. We'll kind of get into that a little bit more later. Um, I think there's a good amount of running backs, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Um, I think, you know, if you're, if you're looking for that sort of thing, if you're looking to pay for running backs, this would be the year to do it, I guess, although I never believe in doing it. Um, and then even quarterback, and I know, like, maybe the top of it's not so great, but if you're looking for, like, that Band-Aid quarterback solution, there's the guys like Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett's out there, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. Um, I might even put Derek Carr in that kind of category. So I think those are some three three pretty solid groups going into free agency. Any other positions you'd want to add, Ray? Yeah, I also kind of like uh, defensive interior. Um, just looking through the PFF list of top 20 free agents, you got three defensive interior players in there and Javon Hargrave, Deron Payne, and Dalvin Tomlinson. And then shortly thereafter, you also have Draymond Jones and Zach Allen. So I think that's a handful of defensive interior guys who are going to get paid. And I think it's been a couple of years since we've seen someone really reset the market at that position. So I think this is a good opportunity coming up here now in 2023 to really see uh, maybe a big contract or two handed out there that, uh, you know, maybe bolsters that 
you know, that side of the fence. Cause it's, it's been a couple of years. You're sticking with Deron Payne, huh? Someone's going to, someone's going to give him big money. You know, I, I think the upside is still there, whether, you know, whether you agree that someone should give him big money or not, I do think eventually it's, it's, it's just going to happen. Yeah. I guess the looming contract wasn't motivation enough playing between really good other defensive linemen in Washington wasn't good enough. So, but like, yeah, let's pay him and then he'll get better. That's yeah. Let's pay him to be for. the cornerstone of our defense now. Yeah. And then he'll get better. It's tough. Would you be motivated with uh, those quarterbacks? Just saying. But see, that's why like Ray's the ageist. Like we've talked about this a few times. Like if it, just because he's 25 years old, he's 25 years old, let's pay him. He's going to be the cornerstone. He's got a future. It's like, yeah, but what if he's just trash? Right. How dare you blame the quarterbacks? They get enough blame. Leave them alone. <laughs> Sounds like an, I'll go into one of our leagues and see if either of you has pain in one of them and maybe we'll talk some trade. If I do, he's my third defensive interior. Great. That I don't want to hear any nonsense about a first round uh, draft pick in return or anything like that. So <laughs> well, I know your price is going to be high for him. So he's worth a half a sandwich to everybody else, but you second round pick. Oh. Yeah. Second. Round. Maybe you're hungry. <laughs> a couple other positions. I liked, I liked, uh, I like tight end uh, similar to kind of what Bobby said about quarterback. It's like, maybe you're not getting Travis Kelsey and in the tight end position, really there's only one Travis Kelsey anyway. But there's like Mike Jacecki, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Robert Tonyan. Like there's there's a good list of guys at tight end, uh, and then safety as well. So like Jesse Bates, uh, Poyer, Ward, Amos, McCordy. Like there's a lot of names at safety. Some older guys, but uh, if you you know if you have a need and you you want a guy for a couple of years, you can definitely get it in this class. What about weaknesses, Ray? Why don't you kick off weaknesses? What position groups are the weakest? Well, it's interesting because it's not just, I guess, in free agency, but also around the league. But, uh, you know, if you go down the list, I mean, who's, if you need offensive line, I mean, I guess, what, Orlando Brown um, and Mike McGlinchey? I, I feel like it's not a very deep position in free agency after that. I mean, Jawan Taylor's a name, but he hasn't, you know, hadn't really shown much. I mean, I actually drafted him in our inaugural draft a few years ago, and that was just that was frustrating uh, to deal with. I, I spent a pretty high pick on him. So um, I think there's a shortage of offensive tackles sort of throughout the league, right? I think it's just hard to find good ones. So you have a couple names there. I'm not sure how great they actually are, but maybe going back to what we just talked about, they're probably still going to get paid a pretty penny. Caleb McGarry, man, you leave his name off the list completely. He's 28 years old, just had the best season of his career. You know, leave Fair. him off the list. I, think, I, I don't think I think tackles like whatever. It's not great. It's not it's not very good. But interior offensive line is like what a mess, man. There's maybe two players that I would even want in in free agency from centers and guards. And then if you look at like the draft, doesn't really get much oh. better. So I think someone's gonna overpay in free agency for like the wrong players. Like the only guys I might want were be like Ethan Posick, who was 27, put up a 79 grade. That was like his best PFF grade of any season in his, in his career. And then Nate Davis, who's 26, who's got like consistent, like low seventies grades. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all you're going to get. And I feel like, I don't know, those guys are going to get their contracts, but it's slim pickings. And I, and I don't see anybody resetting the market. Like, you know, we're talking about for some of these other positions. 
Yeah, it's really hard. I feel like most teams will not let a good offensive lineman hit the market if they're if they're worth their salt. So it's definitely buyer beware, and the buyer in this case is probably desperate, and that just very rarely ends well. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that for a second because it's interesting. The other two positions I had as the weakest, I know, Bobby, you said quarterback as a strength, but I actually look at it as a weakness. And then edge, like if you look at who's available at edge, it's it's not good. Nobody, yeah. So why do we think that is, right? Like exactly what you guys said, good teams are not letting offensive, good offensive linemen walk. So you look at quarterbacks and edge, those are the next or the most uh, you know, valuable positions in the NFL. Teams are not letting these guys walk and hit free agency anymore. So we talked about the strongest positions being like running back, linebacker, safety, tight end, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a trend there, right? What we're saying is teams that invest are going to invest in their most important positions. They're going to let the other guys walk. Uh, right. That's what we're seeing, right? It's pretty interesting. It's it's also like evident in our game too, right? Like the, these same positions – Interior offensive line, center guard, really tough to find. Tackle, you might find a couple. Halfbacks are a dime a dozen. Tight ends are kind of a dime a dozen. You know, to see that kind of reflected in free agency is pretty interesting. Quarterbacks pretty much stay put. Really tough to find the elite guys. So, yeah, super interesting how that that kind of reflects in our game. Cool. Yeah, so let's let's lead that into kind of the next part of the conversation, which is uh, about the salary cap. So, this year, the salary cap will be increasing almost 8%, which will be the most that it has since 2006. Um, teams will be getting an extra $16.6 million to spend. So how do we see that affecting free agency and, in our game, how we calculate the positional weights? Sure. So I think maybe we start this one with, with quarterbacks. Sure. Um, first of all, I want to say this. So there's that report that came out about Daniel Jones asking for $45 million, which is complete garbage, that whole thing. I hope you guys are, are seeing that too. So if you look at the report, it said that Daniel Jones wants more than what the Giants are offering. Okay, that's part one. Part two is it could be as high as $45 million. Okay, that's part two. Part one, Daniel Jones wants more than what the Giants are offering. Okay. No shit. That's why he hasn't signed yet. <laughs> if, if he wanted what the Giants were offering, he would have signed the offer. Okay. The second half of it, it could be as high as $45 million. It could be as high as $55 million. Like, you're just guessing numbers. It's total bullshit reporting. Bullshit reporting. And it's just a, a – and it actually came out yesterday as a smear campaign on Daniel Jones from his old agency. So I think – that was kind of sad to see. Um, so if we're right now in our minds projecting Daniel Jones to make $45 million as we start to like kind of project the position value of quarterbacks moving forward, it's probably the wrong number to do it with unless you're thinking he's going to get tagged, which personally I don't think so. I think they're reserving that tag for Saquon Barkley, but we'll stick to quarterbacks. So – Daniel Jones probably puts himself on the low end of the top five average because he's the last guy to get paid, and there's more money to use to pay him. Um, I think we talk about – I know Jalen Hurts is a free agent. He's not due his extension yet, but the Adam Schefter reports that say that his contract talks are starting 
starting at north of 45 million is pretty crazy. That's that's a lot. Um, and now we're looking at Lamar Jackson, who PFF projects to make $52 million a year once this is all said and done. So guys, hold on to your quarterbacks. I think we're going to see the position value go- exceed well above 10% moving forward. Wow. Well, so like PFF war has quarterback weight even higher than we have it, right? So they're they're saying that quarterbacks are probably worth even more than what we're saying, which means that maybe maybe they think that they should be getting paid 53, 54, 55 million dollars. I saw that Deshaun Watson, right? His cap hit this year is going to be the most of any player at like 53 million dollars or something. That's not including Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers, if he stays with the Packers, will be like in the 60s at, as it currently stands. Um, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But like, we have guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, and Hertz that are all in that conversation as guys that might get paid this offseason. So do we see 50, 55 million on some of these guys? I think we definitely do. I think I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that every year, at least for the foreseeable future, the weight of quarterbacks is going to increase. When the salary cap increases, the quarterbacks are always going to get a lion's share of that increase. It's just the snowball is already over the top of the hill. It's rolling downhill now. It's got all the momentum. So progressively, it's just going to get more and more of a of a weight over to quarterbacks until there's some sort of shift in the way. I don't know. Uh, the, the rules are, are managed in the league now or what? I just think it's getting more and more quarterback-centric, and I don't see that trend reversing for a while. So quarterbacks are very important now, and they're just going to continue to be more and more important moving forward. So, so go, go ahead, ahead. So quarterback quarterback is going to increase in value moving forward. That means if we're adding somewhere by our form, formula, we have to take away somewhere else. So like, what do you guys see as a position that maybe loses value going forward after free agency? I think I think he said it right. I mean, the the interior offensive line, guard and center, they just suck. I mean, there's there's maybe four good centers, like real quality, actual value add centers in the entire league. And the good guards are not hitting free agency right now. There's no one that's going to reset the market at that position. So all the added money is going to go elsewhere, majority of it probably to quarterbacks and then to some other positions. And I think, you know, those spots are going to suffer the most. And uh, even though you look at the draft class for interior offensive line this year and it's not good, the alternative in free agency isn't much better either. So I don't think teams are, you know, going to, on a, on a high level, really shell out a lot of money towards that position either. Whereas um, you look at running back, right? And you mentioned how that's a strong position group in free agency, but it is also a strong position group in this year's draft class. It's really good. So I think that might also temper some of the, um, the money that's spent in free agency on running backs too, just because you do have a good alternative in such a deep running back class this year. So uh, I think interior offensive line is going to get hit the most for sure. And I like the running backs. I'm just not sure how much of an increase we're going to see because of this incoming draft class. I don't think we'll see one. I don't think we'll see a, an increase in position value at running back at all. I think that one pretty much stays where it is. I don't want us to be those guys, though. Let's, let's, uh, Ray, Ray's talking about offensive linemen sucking and things like that. Like, they don't suck. But what happens, right, is as other positions get paid more, they become more attractive for players to want to try and play. Like, I remember when I was in college, like, 
if you were a guard that wasn't good, they moved you to defensive interior because they were like, okay, you can't, you can't perform on offense. We'll put you on defense. But like, that's probably not the case anymore. And it's probably like, if I'm a guard. I want to play defensive interior because they make money. Right. So like, we're probably seeing the talent go to those positions, which is why we're seeing the skill at those positions, maybe not be as good as it once was. Right. Let's, I, I just want to be fair here. You know, I wasn't talking about anyone in particular. I, I was talking know, about all of them. So. I don't know, Ray. We got like Creed Humphreys, our boy. Like that's our yeah. boy. And, He's like, one of the four garbage. I said that are really great. I mean, mm-hmm. The problem is there's only four. I feel like you were talking about Will Hernandez and like, that's just not nice, you know? <laughs> I'm sure but he's I, a nice guy. He's going to quote tweet us something nasty. <laughs> but, but I think like to the points we're trying to make here, it's like basically any position we said was strong in free agency, it's because the teams didn't want to pl- pay those players. So like most teams probably won't want to pay those players, right? So that means in my eyes, we're going to see running back, safety, linebacker, tight end as the positions that we're going to see those position weights start to drop. I think linebacker is going to actually spike a little bit. Why do you think that? Let me hear. So at this point, we probably won't see a linebacker get drafted until day two, right? If you look at the big boards, everybody's mock drafts, really no linebackers that are worth, that have a first round grade, right? I think you're going to see guys like Tremaine Edmonds probably get overpaid. Um, PFF even projects his his um, his contract at $17.5 million, which would boost the bottom portion of our top five average. And now I think that's crazy because um, his play is extremely volatile. If you look at his, his numbers over the past uh, few seasons, he's got grades like in the 20s at some points, but he does have those like freakish 90 grades, doesn't miss a lot of tackles. He's a he's sometimes not bad, just very inconsistent. Somebody's going to pay him. Somebody's going to pay him because they don't want to, they, they need a quick fix, right? There's guys like David Long, TJ Edwards, also guys that are younger and probably worth more money than Tremaine Edmonds. So I really wouldn't be surprised if they get better contracts. Um, But really, I think the only way for teams to immediately improve at the linebacker position in 2023 is to pay them. So I think you're going to see like a bidding war for some of those top three guys that we just talked about. So yeah, look for teams to overpay them. And I think we're going to see a boost in that position value after free agency. Interesting. You guys see Devin Bush as a free agent? Talk like, about my failed draft picks in our inaugural league. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like what what does a guy like that get paid and who takes a risk on him? The veteran minimum, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, probably gets like a one year deal. I mean, look at look at Marcus Davenport. Like he's projected to get a one year deal and he's actually has a good seasons, but I mean it's just too unpredictable. So it's interesting you say that, right? Because the point I was about to make about Devin Bush was that, look, he was a top 10 pick in the draft. So a lot of teams liked him. So someone who liked him four years ago is going to say, yeah. I like this guy. Let's take a chance on him. And then you mentioned Marcus Davenport. And that's exactly how I feel about Marcus Davenport. No, I like this guy. So I would take a chance on him. Yeah. So. That's that's what it is. Those those former first round picks. When you have that high draft capital, I mean, it's the phenomenon that you see in fantasy. It's also true in, in the NFL. They do just pass these guys around and keep giving them chances because they liked them once upon a time. Dude, if Corey Coleman and John Ross can stay in the league for almost <laughs> you know four years, five years, 
<laughs> These guys can too. I'm sure Devin Bush will be fine for a little while longer. Yeah, and Marcus Davenport's actually like a good player. Like he's, yeah, he he's good. He's just mm-hmm. like he doesn't. No, play I'm saying. A lot. I'm saying even if him as a good player can get a one-year deal, that's, you know. True. That, that, was, that was my only point. True. And the reason I actually went down this avenue is because I think you're wrong, Bobby. I think Daniel Jones is probably pushing $40 million, $45 million in his It rate. came out as a fact that he wasn't, though. But go ahead. I, I can see it happening. Like, I, would I ever pay him that? No. But, like, if, if the new norm is that these quarterbacks, like, good the best quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be asking for $55 million. If you're Daniel Jones, why would you ask for less than 40 million? I can totally see 40, but 45, I think is, is a little much, is a little much. I think Jared Goff makes something like 33 Mm -hmm. and I could understand wanting to get paid more than him because you're the more recent, right? That's one, one part of it. Also wanting to get paid a little bit more than him because there's more money to throw around. I totally get that. So to put him in the 38-40 range, fine. But I don't think that he realistically expects to be in a, on a $45 million contract for the next four to five years. And I'm going to say something to sound like a dinosaur, but like he didn't even throw 20 touchdowns last year, right? Like I know his receivers were bad and things like that. Like well, 100%, I think he, but like. I think he threw for 15 and ran for 12 or something like that. Right, right. Or ran for seven, something like that. But dang, imagine like, imagine if I said to you five years ago, you'd be paying a quarterback potentially $40 million that threw for, what'd you say, 15 touchdowns? What was it? Yeah, but also ran for the others. So you have to add that in. Sure. Okay. Ray, do you have anything to add? You say sure when like you don't really agree and you just want to move on. Correct. I don't agree. <laughs> I think just to sum it all up, right? We all knew quarterbacks are extremely valuable for, for your franchise, right? If you don't have a good one in all 22, you're probably not going very far. So that's not going to change. Get your good ones and hold on to them. And is there any other positions we wanted to say that we think are going to be rising? That's my dog. He's yawning. Is there any other positions we think are going to rise, you know, with this free agency process or even just like Bobby said about quarterbacks, like positions that are just going to end up getting paid? I think he convinced me about linebacker. I think I'm with him on that. We talked about quarterback already. Um, so I think those are the main two, right? Normally when you see a, an increase in money spent, if it's even all around, then nobody really gains on the other, right? Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. one goes down, someone's got to go up. So I think the two positions that we're going to see increase are quarterback and then probably linebacker. I think, I think he convinced me. And then maybe if there's another, like I said before, probably defensive interior, um, and I think those are the three that I'm looking at. I don't think anyone outside of that has someone that's going to really break the bank contract-wise unless things get a little weird with Jalen Ramsey in the offseason at corner, but that's already a, a, a pretty high-value position in our game. So he's going to have to really get paid to increase that weight even further. Yeah, I was trying to think of guys at tackle or edge that are in kind of that like, you know, maybe that were drafted the same year as Herbert and Burrow, right? Is there or is there any in those in that draft that would be demanding a paycheck a little early, but I don't, I don't think so. I think it was the year after where the good one started. Right. And it was like Chase Young, right? Like before that, and he's probably not going to get paid yet. Yeah. More of a Jalen Phillips guy myself, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Speaking, <laughs> of the, speaking of the Dolphins, Ray, uh, on the podcast, I think it was like one episode or two episodes ago. You, I don't know if you projected Jalen Ramsey going to the Dolphins. Okay. And then PFF just posted like a mock trade to the Dolphins. So to see that kind of like 
gain a little traction. Not that it obviously didn't happen, but I would say that that was your idea first. So if it does happen, like they should send you like a fruit basket or something. Well, yeah, we'll reach out to our guys over there and, you know. No, not PFF, um, Miami, with the Dolphins. Even better. Yeah, even better. Yeah, you get yeah. much better fruit from South Florida than Cincinnati. <laughs> Oranges, food, like what do you get? What do you get? Dude, watermelon, just straight up melon in general. Dude, I go to my grandma's house down there and she gives me fruit all the time. And it's amazing. Like, I get it here. It's trash. But, yeah. All right. That's I'm taking notes. Fruit. That's what I'm taking out of this episode. Yeah, that's my thing on Florida fruit. fruit. Florida fruit. Yeah. All right. Cool. Where's that, guys? So we talked about the quarterbacks a little bit, but now let's talk about how some of the movement is going to affect people's rosters, right? Like all these people that have maybe a, a guy uh, like Drake London or Kyle Pitts, right? And the Falcons are sitting there with Marcus Mariota, but we're hearing rumors of all this quarterback movement. What's go- What do we think is going to happen and how do we think it's going to affect some of these players? It's so tough. I don't know if I could say what I think is going to happen because I just, you know, I just don't know, right? Um, I would like to see Derek Carr go to the Jets. I think a lot of people would like to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets. And I think for Aaron Rodgers, that'd be great for him to go to the Jets. But for the Jets, I still think it'd be good for them to get Derek Carr for a longer period of time. That might be a hot take. I get it. But uh, a few episodes ago, I put Garrett Wilson in like the top half dozen receivers in all of, of dynasty in my rankings. And I think if you give him someone like Derek Carr coming from a revolving door with the failed Zach Wilson and, and Joe Flacco and Mike White and whoever else, right? Um, I think you can really see him take off. So if I'm a Garrett Wilson owner, I mean, regardless of who ends up being a quarterback, it's going to be an improvement. So I'm already excited about that, right? Um, but I think to see Derek Carr with a good offensive line, provided they're healthy and guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore uh, out there in in New York, I think that'd be really fun to watch. Um, And I think whoever goes to Atlanta is just going to be better for the passing game. They've just been running like essentially like a college run heavy, uh, you know, offense there with, with Mariota. And that just as good as, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, were, or at least their flashes were, I think same applies there whoever they get from this veteran class is going to improve that passing game. And that's good news. If you're an owner of one of those guys, I think there's like kind of like what you touched on Ray, like there's three top end quarterbacks that are on the move right now, not saying they're all in the same category, but they're all guys that can win games and they've, and they've proven it. Right. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Right. And I feel like there's three teams that are ready for those, for those players. Right. And I think that's that's New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Jets. So if those three quarterbacks in any 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 way, shape, or form go to those three teams, I'm fine with it. And I think it's going to be way like I think the, the players on those rosters, Olave, um, you mentioned Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, all those guys are going to be better off if that's how this all shakes up. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like, Ray, your take on Carr to the Jets, like, I was kind of against that in the beginning, but now I'm seeing it a little bit more, and I'm starting to agree with you because I want Rodgers there because I think that he would be a good mentor for Zach Wilson. But if Zach Wilson is just a bad player, then it just hurts the Jets in the long term, right? So, like, Derek Carr would be the better choice. So if, like, if that's true and you think Zach Wilson is trash, then 
Derek Carr should be the answer. But if you think that Zach Wilson has a future, then maybe it's then maybe it's Aaron Rodgers, right? And I think to Bobby's point, yes, either of those guys make that offense so much better. And the same with uh, the Saints and the Falcons. But the thing is, is we might end up seeing one of them go to the Raiders or the Panthers. So like, if you're the Raiders, like, or, or if you have one of those players, do you want them on the Raiders? Like, are you okay with them ending up on the Raiders when they have weapons like Devontae Adams and Hunt, uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller? I think when your coach is Josh McDaniels, uh, it doesn't really matter who's there. I don't know. I, I just don't feel good. Like later on, we're going to talk about teams to invest in. And there's certainly some reason to look at the Raiders for that. I think they have pretty good cap space, but I don't know. I just, I don't believe in what he's doing out there. So I, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. I think if you look at, if you talk about Aaron Rodgers in particular, right. For, five out of the last six years or whatever it was in his career, he's had great wide receivers except for this past season, and you saw a big dip in his grade, right? Wait, did you just say Aaron Rodgers had great wide receivers? He had Devontae Adams, all right? He had a great wide receiver. That, okay, fine. That's all he needs. He needs a Devontae Adams, right? Okay. So let me get to the point, Chris. Let me get to the point. I was he triggered. Not have, he did not have a Devontae Adams this season and his grade suffered big time. He went from 89.6 to 77.5 overall uh, season grade. And in 2020, he was 94.5. So he was you know, consistently top four-ish for several years until he lost Devontae Adams. Now, if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner, you're not really thinking long-term, right? You probably, you know, the plan for him is only a year or two tops before you move on and, and get in a young guy or you draft his replacement or whatever the case may be. So if he goes to the Raiders and does reunite with someone like Devontae Adams, who's also starting to get up there in age as a receiver, and Waller, who I think might be in his 30s now, or is also getting up there, not a young player, it's kind of a short-term, uh, you know, short-term opportunity there where it's just what you want to see. It's basically holding serve to what he was previously as far as situations go. So you don't mind seeing that. Um, but if you are looking at someone like Garoppolo, who, you know, you're, you're probably not banking your entire franchise on him anyway, but if you have to play him for several weeks or, you know, someone you might want to hold on to for a few years, even if he's just your number two guy, I don't think you want to see him go to an organization like the Raiders because he doesn't elevate the level of play of those around him. And it's just a bad organization. I think he will fall victim to that as opposed to someone like Rogers who will maintain a high level of play for that year or two until everything blows up uh, in Vegas anyway, like it's going to in, in a year or two. What's pretty interesting about the Vegas thing too, is like there was a, there was a post about quarterbacks that had played a certain amount of games with Josh McDaniels. And there's like a line where like your first 15 games, you're probably garbage. But once you like, get comfortable in his system, like week 16, 17, and 18 are like really good. And it's only up from there. So that's why a lot of people have them getting a Jimmy Garoppolo in like their, in what they think is going to happen because he might be a guy that steps in there and actually has success. Whereas like, it seems like he didn't give Derek Carr an opportunity to, to even do that, which is interesting. I just think if Garoppolo is there, they 12 months from now, the new head coach is there and they're talking about who they want to draft. So agreed. And one guy you guys haven't spoken about. I'm curious. What about Lamar Jackson? Do you think he's definitely staying in, in Baltimore? 
Go ahead, Red. Big t- uh, do you have a hot take on this one, or no? I don't. I mean, like my like the non-emotional side thinks like, yeah, he's going to stay there. That, that makes logical sense. Yeah. Like they have the money to pay him. You know that they've they've consistently been a really solid team as long as they've had them. But then you see like the cryptic tweets and the, or the cryptic Instagram stories, whatever it is. Like hard to think that like he might not want to test the market, see what he can get. Especially when we're throwing around the fifty-two million, fifty-two million dollar number, like you know, there's teams that are out, teams out there that are going to be willing to match or beat that. So, if I were him, I'd kind of be curious too, see what you can get. Well, I think the poll we ran a couple weeks back, the the winner was tag and trade. I think is what most people wanted to see, mm-hmm. or what most people would do if they were in charge of the Ravens, and. I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see something like that happen. But for those out there, I don't think it's to the Bears. So I just don't see that one happening. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm honestly not sold on him staying in Baltimore. I just don't have a good feel for where he would ultimately end up. And as an owner of his in our inaugural league, right, who's kind of ridden through, with him through the ups and downs, I'm not sure I, I see an exact landing spot where I go, okay, that's great. That's definitely a big boost for him. And that's going to make things, you know, th- that's going to make things better where I'm now comfortable starting him week to week because he has been inconsistent sort of throughout the, the season uh, for multiple years now. So it's hard to project how things are going to end up with him, but I definitely would not be shocked if somehow, some way he is not in Baltimore next year. Let, let me ask you a question, Ray. And I'm asking you specifically, who do you think is a better thrower? Do you think Lamar or Jalen Hurts is a better thrower? Uh, oh, uh, that's interesting. I think I think Lamar. I think Lamar, but I think in saying that, I think both of them are better throwers than you think I think they are. No, no, because I think both of them are good throwers, right? And I think it's interesting that we haven't really seen the Ravens give Lamar legitimate good weapons, right? They're almost like guys like Marquise Brown who are like a little gimmicky, right? It's like a little bit of a gimmicky offense. If he goes to the Jets, right, is he instantly the best – or if there's a chance you can go to the Jets, is he instantly the best option for the Jets? Because I see a Jalen Hurts-like situation for Lamar in New York with the Jets. I think the style of player a little bit different. I think, I think the way Lamar is as a runner – opens up the middle of the field, which is why you see so much success with Mark Andrews and the rapport that they have. And the Jets don't have that weapon. For all the weapons they do have, right, uh, at at wide receiver, they don't have that, like, down-the-seam athletic tight end to really stress a defense. So I think stylistically, right, styles make fights. I, I don't see that big boost that you might think if he goes somewhere like New York. That said, I freaking love Jeremy Ruckert. I think all he needs is an opportunity, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a fine situation for someone like him, but I don't think it's the immediate slam dunk no-brainer that a lot of people might think just because of the wide receivers that are there, just because of how, uh, how he's comfortable, or at least what he's shown on tape so far when it comes to his downfield passing, because for the most part, it is with that tight end down the seam and not out wide. Hmm. I think, Chris, we, we always drink when uh, Ray compliments a Penn State player, but when he compliments an Ohio State player, I think, like, I don't know. Just shut down the whole podcast? Yeah, I think That's he's got a drink. Just, just burned it all down, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's a good point, Ray, about styles. But I would, um, like, if I had to pick a place for Lamar, I think it's got to be Atlanta, right? And, like, it, it's cheesy because the whole, like, Mike Vick thing, it's, like, super cheesy. But the offense is the best running offense. It's set up for that. It's been built for that. And you have Kyle Pitts on the middle of the field. And you have a huge receiver like Drake London. So if I if I want to see Lamar go somewhere where I just think it's a great fit, I'd say Atlanta's the choice. But if I want to see him have an opportunity to win, I think it's New York. Cool. Any other quarterbacks you guys want to talk about? Talked about my quarterback already. I'm good. I guess this is not the episode to talk about Jalen Hurts' prospects if they actually pay him a long-term deal this year and give him $50 million and how that impacts his situation two Correct. years down the line. Correct. Okay. This is not the podcast. But just, I would, just checking. One more thing I guess I'll say. Do you guys remember when Hopkins got paid? And it was like way more than any other receiver had been paid. And it kind of like messed up everybody else because every receiver wanted to make that kind of money and no NFL team wanted to pay that kind of money. Kind of feel like that's what happened with Deshaun Watson. And now all these quarterbacks want that money and it's kind of messing up things for all of the teams and all of the quarterbacks. So interesting comparison. Yeah. I think that's why we got screwed with Kenny Galladay not too long ago. So <laughs> thanks a lot, DeAndre. <laughs> Appreciate you, dude. Yeah. Okay. So moving to Bobby, you mentioned it earlier, which teams are the best and the worst ones to invest in. You want to kick okay. it off? Since I actually you had some made thoughts. a list of the best. I think there's only one. That's probably the clear-cut worst, but maybe you guys have a different opinion. Okay. Um, I'll start with the worst. I think it's the Bucks. I mean, I don't know if you saw their cap situation. I don't think I've ever seen a cap situation that bad. It's like, isn't it like minus $130 million in cap space? Like they're in the negative, and it's it's a lot. The Jets are like minus two, and then like the Bucks are minus 30 or something, or minus 130 or something like that. I guess they'll have it up. Yeah, but that's yeah. I think that's probably the worst, the worst spot. You just lost your Hall of Fame quarterback. It's like it's a total reset right now, and who knows where? Negative fifty-five million. Okay, it's not that bad, but it's a lot. That's still um, pretty bad. So yeah, that's my team not to invest in. And then I have three that I would buy into right now. So like, I guess my like buy low long-term investment right now would be like the Texans. Um, 13 picks in the draft, $36 million in cap space. And they also just hired probably the most desirable coach available. Um, so that's my, my buy low long-term. I think the more obvious one would be like the Chicago bears, obviously a team that's not paying their quarterback right now. You're starting to see him come alive. Um, the offensive lines coming together, eight picks in the draft and expect them to have number, expect them to have more after trading out of number one and then a hundred million hundred million dollars in cap space to kick. So now we can finally see what Ryan Poles can do. I know I've, I gave him a hard time throughout the season last year, but starting to see his plans start to kind of come into fruition. And then I guess one of the more obvious ones would be like the Bengals. Bengals also have $36 million in cap space. Totally. Obviously they're going to extend Joe Burrow and they're really not losing anyone with, with significant position value. I know they're losing their safeties, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, but that's like a 3.5% position value. So I don't think that's going to really hurt them all that much. They own all seven of their draft picks so they can recuperate some of the, what, they, what they're going to lose. Um, and I think they've really approved that 2021 
really was not a fluke at all. So hmm. three teams that I really like and one team that I really don't. Yeah, some good choices. Start with the Texans, maybe. Let's talk about the Texans. Like, great coaching hire. They have the number two pick. They have the number 12 pick as well, right? So, like, where do you think, I guess, they use the picks, the money, and what guys are you, like, that are there already do you want to, like, invest in? Who would you target? Yeah, I mean, if I'm them, I'm, I'm obviously going all in on trying to get my quarterback. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm building up the offensive line. So whatever offensive linemen are out there in in free agency that you can spend some money on, I would do it, even if it's the short term, just so you can sort of bring your quarterback along in a safe space. That's totally how I'd spend that money. Um, And then, like I said, they have 13 picks, so they can use some of their 12 other picks to do the same, to give them some weapons, although this isn't really the year for weapons. Um, But I think if they use that money wisely, they're a team to watch out for and use those picks widely. Laramie Tunzel, Kenyon Green, they, they did invest a little bit on the offensive line. I think I think Kenyon Green's a great, right? He's the one they took. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think he's a great guy to target because he had kind of a rough rookie season and everything around him is going to get better. So I think he's like a great buy low candidate. You can also say the same about their other rookie, right? Derek Stingley, defensive-minded head coach over there now, right? Absolutely. And I did say a year ago, I'm not drafting him for 2022. I'm drafting him for 2023 and beyond. So I think that's another one where if you have an owner who might be frustrated, who might have taken him last year, um, or is just not really someone who's being targeted in startup drafts, if this is uh, year one for many of your leagues now, I think that's someone you may be able to get in a startup that can pay dividends for you down the road because – agree with everything you guys said. I like the direction of that franchise and that is a defensive minded leader now in the franchise. So um, someone like that, who is talented, who's young, who they've invested a lot in and has reinforcements coming. I think things bode well. Interesting. You said the Bengals Bobby, because I actually think like that 30, 35 million in cap space they have might be Fugazi because they're planning on paying Joe Burrow. He's on a rookie deal, right? So like, that alone could be the 30 million gone. But then you also have T Higgins who supposedly might want to be getting paid right now too. So if you pay Joe Burrow and T Higgins this off season, I think that money's gone. Um, they might have some other guys that they can like be creative with, like cutting and, and moving money, kind of like how the saints always do. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to really be able to add much. So that one's a little bit interesting to me. Even even so, I think what they're proving to you is that they're they're able to draft well. I mean, you just talked about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, all homegrown homegrown guys. So just mm-hmm. having the seven draft picks of their own. And then even if they have some money to spare to pull in a couple free agents, I think they're doing things the right way there. And, and I want my players to be part of that. I want to have my uh, – I want to invest in that team with my All-22 team. Yeah, I like that. Not to mention the division might be in a, in a bit of flux, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. The Steelers are kind of in the middle of the road right now, and unless Kenny Pickett's a franchise guy, which I, you know, I think the three of us are in agreement that he's not a top ten type player, then you know, with the Bengals weapons that they have, put words in our mouth, you know. <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. I don't think he ever said anything to the contrary, so I'm just going to roll with it. That's fine. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think that division is not as strong as it once was. And, you know, the Browns, yes, they have Deshaun and, and maybe they're the, the other team in the mix there. But I think compared to how that division has been pretty much over the last decade and a half and how tough all those teams were, Sam's the Browns, um, you'll take that if, if, if you're the Bengals, right? I think the competition around you is also a little bit easier than it has been in many years. So, Ray, do you have any other teams you want to put into the mix of best teams to invest in? You know, if I had to pick another one, I guess it would be the Falcons, right? Obviously, there's a question at quarterback. How are they going to resolve that? They don't have a top two pick, right? So it's no guarantee they get one of the top guys in the class unless they make a move up, which, of course, then depletes their assets. But they're the fourth youngest team in the NFL right now by average age. They have a great rushing offense. The defense you know, can get better, right? Moving forward, it's not the greatest. But again, we're thinking long-term here. Uh, so I think if they can somehow resolve uh, the quarterback position, right, they have enough pieces around them so that whoever they do bring in is going to be in a pretty good spot to grow and, and flourish there. And then they can work on the other side of the ball. Um, and then talking about competition, right, that division – is also not exactly a murderer's row right now. That whole division's pretty much in flux too. So um, if I'm picking another one, the Falcons are young. They've got some weapons and a great rushing offense. So they've got some building blocks there that I think you can, with the right amount of time, turn into something that's a pretty quality team moving forward. And you're saying that, you're saying that regardless if Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback there next year? If the, Okay, so... How long is the investment? Because if they have Desmond Ritter and he's starting in 2023, okay, fine. If he bombs, then there's a new quarterback in there next year. He's still got the same weapons. It's not like the offensive line is old, right? So if it takes them a year to figure out what they don't have at quarterback and then get a dude at quarterback, that's fine too, right? I think the pieces you have invested, if if you have players from the Falcons on your team, right, are the offensive linemen, right? So it's almost like agnostic to who's behind them. Um, and then you have Pitts and um, Drake London. So you have guys there who are already playing well in a not great situation. So mm-hmm. if the situation only improves, you're just going to benefit from that. And they're extremely young. So you have time to invest and enjoy their prime years. So um, I'm not I'm not necessarily moving off of this investment or making any moves if everything doesn't hit just right in 2023 for the Falcons, I think it's a long-term play because whoever I do have are cornerstones for that franchise. Okay. I like it. So the only other team that I was going to add is the, the lions. And I feel like it's like such an easy pick, but like if you, um, if you're investing in a team, right. Wouldn't you want to invest in the team that just put up 30 something points a game, the defense wasn't very good, but they have four picks in the top two rounds, right? So, like, I want to I wanna buy low, and I want to buy into that defense. So if you can get your hands on some of those pieces on defense, that's, that's what I kind of want to do because I think that they're going to use probably all four of those picks on defense. Yeah, buy Jared Goff. Buy him now. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a question for you guys. It's kind of fun. If you're the Lions and you have four picks in the first two rounds, you adding to that defense and making, you know, trying to make that side of the football good, or are you just trading up to get a quarterback and 
trying to fix the team that way. Yeah, no chance in trading up for a quarterback. Your quarterback, you just said it, like was just just led an offense that was one of the top scoring offenses in the league. I just don't see how people can look at the Lions and say that the quarterback is the problem. That just doesn't make sense to me. I'm I'm putting all those picks on defense, maybe helping out Goff in some way. I don't, I'm not familiar with their offensive line if, if it needs to be bolstered up, but yeah, no, I'm doing everything but the quarterback. So I am also not trading up for a quarterback, but it's Jared Goff. So I'm taking those picks. I'm using them on defense. And then if a year from now, Jared Goff had Jared Goffed, and now I do need a quarterback, then I could put all my chips in for someone like Caleb Williams. Because at that point, now I have offensive weapons. Like, think, we, we haven't even really seen much of Jamison Williams. He pretty much had just, you know, a wash of a rookie year. And that guy's super talented, too. So you add him to that offense, uh, along with the pieces that they're going to add in the draft this year for being such a young team. I do think they're going to do well. I'm still not sold on the quarterback. But if a year from now, you use all the, the assets you have this year to build up that roster, then maybe you make a move to go all in on a dude at quarterback if that's what you end up feeling is your missing piece. And now you're really cooking with gas. I can get behind that. I don't think you're going to have to do it, but I can get behind it. I get it. Yeah, I agree. And now I'm going to be a total prick and say that I think the team that I wouldn't invest in, gosh, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, like I don't think I'd invest in the Giants, not because I don't think that they're going to be good, but I think that they had a season that was probably better than they should have had. They have a lot of weaknesses, and it's not a great draft or free agency class to fill their weaknesses. And the two positions that they are going to have to pay with Saquon and Daniel Jones, those two guys, like Saquon's not going to be the difference between them being a great investment team and not, and Daniel Jones is still kind of an unknown. Sorry, Bobby. Saquon's the reason they made the playoff this year. All right, Chris. My God. Take it easy. Any rebuttal? No, just don't want to talk about it. I'll I'll let Ray do it. I mean, obviously, I disagree. Obviously, but Ray, go ahead. Look, Saquon took them to the playoffs (laughs) behind a still not great offensive line. Find a damn way. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's been over a decade to get that line to competency. And maybe it's just Evan Neal. You know, year two has some growth the same way we saw from Andrew Thomas, right? They get, what is it, Izudu back for, from injury on the interior, maybe another piece or so there. And, you know, there's, the receivers are still pretty good in this class, right? You can get yourself in Addison or something like that at, at receiver, so you have at least somebody that's better than Richie James as your number one target. Not that he's a bad player, but he's not a number one target. Isaiah Hodgins um, was number one, but it's all right. Okay, yeah. Um, so with that, like, you're still improving that roster that did make the playoffs this that's year. My, and that's my game. point. And winning but game. that's yeah, they won a playoff game, Chris. They were in but, the but final that's my eight. point. So like they're already expensive. You know what I mean? Like they're already an expensive team. They're a playoff team. Is it really a good investment to invest in a team like that when they have these kind of holes? So you're looking I mean, at if if you're looking at the Giants through stock price, I can't believe you got me fired up over here about this, right? But they had so many bad contracts that were stuck on the books, like Galladay and all these failed free agency signings that are now going to be off. And now they have some room to maneuver and operate and actually build that roster, right? You invested in a company and now right before they're going to get rid of all their bad debt, now you want to pull out? No, I think here's the time to stay put. 
and you know you 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 keep the pieces that they do have and then slowly build from there. I think it's I think it's fine. I think I Bobby's totally gonna, I think Bobby's going to buy you a fruit basket. Yeah. Yeah, you can have two fruit <laughs> baskets, right? <laughs> I love it. It's fine. Bring it on. Florida fruit. Florida fruit. Florida fruit. Yes. <laughs> now defending a team in New York. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said, Ray. Also like we talked about the Raiders before and like I mentioned that I don't believe in what they're doing. I don't like Josh McDaniels. But like look at look at Dable and the you know, obviously one coach of the year deserved it. I totally believe in what he's doing. If you look at Joe Shane's draft class too, it's decent draft class, even considering that most of those players couldn't play this year because of injury. So we didn't even see him with a fully loaded weapon this year and still sure. see them get to, like Ray just said, the final eight. I mean, that's pretty good. And, and I, I don't see why you wouldn't invest, even considering that they have 11 picks and a bunch of free agency money to, to work with. Yeah, I think I struggle with, like Ray mentioned Jordan Addison. I, like, I'm a believer that he's going to be far gone by the time you pick. Because you're a playoff team, this is the first year you guys are not going to have, like in a while, that you aren't going to be able to just get the guys that you want to get. Sure. So Jordan Addison's going to be gone. You're right. You have 11 picks. So like, would I take a flyer on a receiver you guys take in the third round? Absolutely. I think that's a great, great investment. But I can't name a player on the team right now that I could buy low on, maybe besides Evan Neal. But I don't think the team that just drafted Evan Neal is going to want to trade Evan Neal. You know what I'm saying? So like, who on that team right now do you feel confident investing in and getting at a good price? Getting at a good price? I don't know. I mean... There's a bunch of young guys like Dan Bellinger. There's uh, Nick McLeod, the corner, who did a lot more than, than we thought he would. Um, I think whatever free agent that we bring in might not have, like, the flashiest name. Like, if it is, like, the Nate Davis, Ethan Posick, or at linebacker, if it's David Long. Like, those aren't, like, necessarily household names. But the names that you see go to New York in free agency – I think you can kind of bank on them to fit in really well there. And those are going to be the guys that you're going to want to buy low on. So those are probably the guys that I'm keeping my, my eye on moving forward. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Cause I, I'm all for the giants. It's my number two team. So I want to see them succeed, but yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. And then I actually had a, like another little segment in here that we, I didn't like prep you guys for, but is there any team that you think is just like too expensive to invest in? I just think like, the Packers they- suck, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, honestly, me too. <laughs> is there any team that you think is too expensive? Too expensive in in what way? Like they're like in cap situation? No, no, no. So like I'm not like, for example, I have the Chiefs written down. Like I don't think there's really ever a time that you're going to be able to draft a Chiefs player on offense and get good value for him because everybody wants him, you know? Mm. So, like, is there a team like that that you think right now you just kind of avoid because the price tag's probably too high for you? I don't know. I think maybe the – this is going to sound pretty bad because, like, I obviously don't like the Eagles. But I might answer that with the Eagles because of the situation that they're going to put themselves in once they pay all these players. I mean, like, the, the future doesn't look great from a cap standpoint. Like, I don't know how you keep that the nucleus of that team together moving forward if you're about to pay Jalen Hurts $55 million. I don't, I don't know. Ray, you might be able to add to that. Like, isn't there a situation as far as, like, paying Devontae Smith and, and, and a bunch of those guys, their offensive linemen, like, really not that great? 
Well, it's great if they don't give Hertz 50 something million dollars. <laughs> right. Um, I did, I, I went through an exercise, I think right after the Super Bowl, and basically I tried to find like the bad contract in Philadelphia. And I could not do it. Like I was trying to find that guy that they had a lot of money tied up in who was maybe in their late 20s, entering their 30s, that they were going to have to get rid of and carry a bunch of dead cap or be stuck with. And I couldn't find it. Everyone was on a pretty good contract for for their value or their performance or something that the Eagles could easily get out of. So Howie Roseman's done a great job. And that situation is phenomenal right now, today. Now, once it does come time to pay all of the, the cornerstone guys, right, like Devontae Smith, I think that's why they're trying to get Jalen Hurts done now is because they see the price increase coming up for quarterbacks. And so they're trying to get out in front of that, which again is just really smart by Roseman. And it's why they're in the position that they're in because he is forward thinking and he's proactive, right? He didn't stay with Carson Wentz for too long because it was a sunk cost. No, he just got rid of him. So I, I think he's going to do, or he's going to put them in the best position he possibly could moving forward if they have to pay Jalen Hurts. But the reality is they pay Jalen Hurts. You can't keep everybody. Now you may be able to keep the weapons. You'll keep, maybe you can keep Smith. You've already paid Brown. You'll keep Hertz, but you, you can't three years from now envision a scenario where the Eagles have all those weapons plus the best offensive line and the best defensive line and a good secondary like they did this past year. So I agree right now, if I have someone on the Eagles, I can't see a scenario where their situation is better two years from now than it is right now. So it's the best it's going to get. So if you have any reservations at all about any of them, or you're like, I like Devontae Smith a lot, but I don't think he's like a top five or six guy. Maybe, maybe trade him and get some great value for him. But um, I, I think right now is as good as it's going to get. And I, that doesn't mean it's going to get bad. It's just not going to be best in the league good as it is right now. Okay. That's pretty fair. I mean, I agree with you. And I mean, they're losing like 90% of their defense, right? Like it's like their defense is going to be bare bones next year. They have a couple good draft picks, but I think, I think that's a great point. It's like, they're probably a team. It's going to be too, inv too expensive to invest in for those picks that are now going to go on a defense. It's going to be a little bit devoid of, of talent. They also lost both of their coordinators right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think that, that also factors in, but yeah, I think if kind of like what Ray was saying, if, if you own those Eagles players now, now might be a good time to trade them. For sure. But maybe, I'm telling maybe, you not to buy. Right, but maybe not the best time to buy them. So, yeah. It's a good point. All right, so last last topic we wanted to talk about is uh, a little bit draft-related. We haven't talked about the draft. We'll have future episodes to do that. But the Bears, right? The Bears are in a really interesting position, picking first overall with a team with tons of needs, but they don't necessarily have a quarterback that everybody feels super confident in. So – how will the Bears' choice at number one overall impact essentially anybody that has anybody on the Bears, right? Like, how is it impacting the Bears' roster and, and your team as a result of that? My answer is, uh, it's, it's interesting. What I think they're going to do and what I would do um, might be two different things, Right. I still have some reservations about Justin Fields long-term if I'm trying to build a championship team. I think 
he's a great playmaker, and I think he's a great passer. But in order for him to be a consistently great passer, he needs to be afforded lots of time. I think that's something that was evident before he was even in the league. And I say that more so than other quarterbacks because everyone's going to say, yes, of course, every every quarterback is better with time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who needs time in order to be a consistently effective passer. A lot of guys can navigate the pocket as passers. That's not Fields' game just because he's mobile. That's not a part of his game. So I, I, I think there's some limitations there to where I really love how Bryce Young does that, and I think he's really good at that. I don't think they're going to take Bryce Young. I do think they're going to get an offer from a team that really needs a quarterback and build out the rest of that team. And that's fine. That's all. You can't necessarily go wrong with that. And, you know, you want to give Fields a chance with a much better situation than he has right now. So I'm all for it. I do think they're going to trade back and get a lot of pieces and build up that offense around him, which is great. If, if you have Fields, if you're a Fields believer and you're on the other side of the fence for my, for, for myself, then great, fine. Um, in that case, then I say, yep, invest in him and hope it works out for you. I think they're going to trade down, get a bevy of picks and just build that offense. So they have actual wide receivers for him to throw to and just get out of the basement of the league because that roster is just so bad everywhere, pretty much. Um, so I think they trade down and it's just, you're starting from scratch basically. So, um, I don't think you could go wrong either way. Because uh, I do think there's a franchise quarterback, a true franchise quarterback sitting there for them if they take him at one. But I do think they trade back and build up the roster, which is also not a, not a bad option when you do have a young quarterback who does have talent like Fields does. Is there any player currently on the roster that you feel comfortable investing in, though? Because it might be a good – like Braxton Jones, for example, right? Their, uh, their tackle had a really promising rookie season – and there's a chance that they go and draft a few extra offensive linemen to pair him with to help protect Justin Fields. You know, is there a guy out there like that, if it's, you know, if it's not him, that you think is a great investment on that team right now? If your league hasn't caught on to Braxton Jones yet, or you're in a startup and he starts to slip, then, yeah, you should absolutely take him because he, he performed great as a rookie. Uh, and he looks really good moving forward. I think that's that's a hit, right? And I think we've seen a few of those in last year's draft class, especially at offensive tackle, those mid-round guys that really hit. And that's awesome for guys who are looking for offensive tackles. So if if um, if you're looking at the Bears roster and you're looking at guys to invest in, he's definitely one if the cat's not out of the bag with, with your league on him yet. Um, otherwise... Even Jaquan Brisker, like I mentioned him a couple episodes ago, I think the cat's also out of the bag on him, so to speak. He's towards the top of, of all rookies in his draft class in a lot of different metrics. So I think he's a name that people are really starting to know. So I don't think you're going to get him for cheap or, or steal him uh, in a draft. I think he's going to go where he should go uh, moving forward. And then outside of that, it kind of goes to my point that the whole roster is really – being built from scratch. I don't look around and say, I have to have that guy In fairness, because the like, roster's so bad. Tevin Jenkins had a pretty good year too. He's not but, that old. Like, I, But he has some back injury history and that scares me as a big guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the interior offensive line positions are so light. I don't know. I'd be all over Tevin Jenkins if he's, if he's there at the right price. 
you're not as old as I am yet. When you have a bad back, it's tough to invest long term in that. So, um, just saying. But but I agree. That Tevin Jenkins would be like that other one if if you're if you're looking mm-hmm. at guys and you know if, if like if you have that thought process on it, I'm not you know that's perfectly fine to have, and I think that's legit as well. Um, so even if you include him, right? So you have Jenkins, Jones, Brisker, Fields. Sure, four I, guys. I, th- I think also like if you're if you're a team that has Justin Fields. You probably want to have the same approach that that we think the Bears should have in that, you know, if you're going to trade back in the draft this year, try to get future picks so that you can kind of um, prevent a situation happening where Justin Fields doesn't pan out and then you're, you don't have the picks to replace him, right? So, like, make sure to maybe pad some picks in the future in 2024 so that you can replace him if you need to. And hopefully you don't, and then you do what the Eagles did this year and you have two first-round picks and you might have your franchise quarterback, right? So I think that's definitely the way to go. But guys, I just had a pizza walk in, so let's wrap this up. Anything else from you? Like a like a pizza physically walk in on its own, dude. It was incredible. I eating that pizza. Do a mock draft. Absolutely, I think I'm going to do one every day for the rest of my life, and I think everybody should. So get out, get on there if you haven't checked it out yet. The mock draft yeah. tool. Go to alt-22.com. Uh, there's a couple links on the landing page that'll get you there. Um, it's a lot of fun, and just a reminder: it's completely free. Um, but yeah, that's it. So thank you everybody who tuned in, give us a, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, if you haven't already, and then a rating wherever you listen to your podcast and, uh, have a good night.